Hey, this is Steve Durr. Well, we've made it to the final chapter of Exodus. We've got a couple more days left, but we are in Exodus chapter 40, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 33. They've made all the materials for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the place where they're going to meet with God and worship him. Now all they got to do is set that tent up and get ready to worship. So let's hear uh, what's going on here. Exodus 40, starting verse 1, going to verse 33. Then the Lord said to Moses, set up the tabernacle on the first day of the new year. Place the Ark of the Covenant inside and install the inner curtain to enclose the Ark within the most holy place. Then bring in the table and arrange the utensils on it and bring in the lampstand and set up the lamps. Place the gold incense altar in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Then hang the curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle. Place the altar of burnt offering in front of the tabernacle entrance. Set the wash basin between the tabernacle and the altar and fill it with water. Then set up the courtyard around the outside of the tent and hang the curtain for the courtyard entrance. Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all its furnishings to consecrate them and make them holy. Anoint the altar of burnt offering and its utensils to consecrate them. Then the altar will become absolutely holy. Next, anoint the wash basin and its stand to consecrate them. Present Aaron and his sons at the entrance of the tabernacle and wash them with water. Dress Aaron with the sacred garments and anoint him, consecrating him to serve me as a priest. Then present his sons and dress them in their tunics. Anoint them as you did their father, so that they may serve me as priests. With their anointing, Aaron's descendants are set apart for the priesthood forever, from generation to generation." Moses proceeded to do everything just as the Lord had commanded him. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month of the second year. Moses erected the tabernacle by setting down its bases, inserting the frames, attaching the crossbars, and setting up the posts. Then he spread the coverings over the tabernacle framework and put on the protective layers just as the Lord commanded him. He took the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant and placed them inside the ark. Then he attached the carrying poles to the ark, and he set the ark's cover, the place of atonement, on top of it. Then he brought the ark of the covenant into the tabernacle and hung the inner curtain to shield it from view, just as the Lord commanded him. Next, Moses placed the table in the tabernacle along the north side of the holy place, just outside the inner curtain, and he arranged the bread of the presence on the table before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. He set the lampstand in the tabernacle across from the table on the south side of the holy place. Then he lit the lamps in the Lord's presence, just as the Lord had commanded him. He also placed the gold incense altar in the tabernacle, in the holy place, in front of the inner curtain. On it he burned the fragrant incense, just as the Lord had commanded him. He hung the curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle, and he placed the altar of burnt offering near the tabernacle entrance. On it, he offered a burnt offering and a grain offering, just as the Lord had commanded him. Next, Moses placed the wash basin between the tabernacle and the altar. He filled it with water so the priests could wash themselves. Moses and Aaron and Aaron's son... Sons used water from it to wash their hands and feet. Whenever they approached the altar and entered the tabernacle, they washed themselves, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he hung the curtains, forming the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar, and he set up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. So at last, Moses 
finished the work. <laughs> that tabernacle is almost completed. You know, we've got it set up. Have you ever had to go set up a tent camping? You know, sometimes it's just like, uh, just get that thing up. But God was very clear about how he wanted it set up. And Moses continued to do just as the Lord commanded him. In fact, uh, as Steve mentioned yesterday in the devotional, uh, we see Moses obeying God. We see obedience to God uh, shining through continually. Uh, here in this passage, we see God's instructions being followed through on by Moses. Moses is faithfully following God's instructions. Uh, and we come across this phrase time and time again, just as the Lord commanded. And we hear it repeatedly, just as the Lord commanded. In fact, this phrase of obedience is found 17 times in the last two chapters of Exodus, but only twice in the first 38 chapters. <laughs> and so the thing that's interesting is, or I guess is a bit of a challenge is uh, what Steve shared yesterday was that idea of having a heart that wants to follow God and do just as he commands. And uh, that certainly uh, was revealed in this passage. But what I wanted to focus on today, and I think it's a little bit different than I thought I would do, but this kind of I, I found just very interesting. Um, the date that God instructed Moses to set up the tabernacle. Uh, the tabernacle is to be set up just a couple weeks before the first anniversary of their exodus from Egypt. It's almost been a year from their exodus from Egypt. Um, and it's been nine months since they arrived at Mount Sinai. And so God here is telling Moses to set up the tabernacle on the first day of the first month in the second year since leaving Egypt. So this first month is known as Abib or Nisan, and it's in the spring. And so their new year was to begin in the spring. What's significant about this, you know, set this up on the first day of the first month in this new year? What's significant about that? Well, there's another place in the Bible where the first day of the first month is emphasized. And it's found in Genesis chapter 8. It's mentioned in the story of Noah. And you may or may not be familiar with the story of Noah. But Noah and his family obeyed God and they built an ark and um, they were saved from a devastating flood by God because of this ark. And then Genesis chapter 8, verse 13, uh, it says, On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. So what do we, what do we see here? On the first day of the first month, the water recedes and Noah and his family moves from being saved from the flood to having this hope of a new beginning. The flood waters are receding. Noah then built an altar and he worshiped God through sacrifices. And now we see in this story, Moses, at God's command, is setting up the tabernacle on the first day of the first month. This is a new beginning for the people. They've been saved from Egypt, and now they're setting up an altar in a place to worship God. 
Now, this might be a bit of a stretch, but I find it a bit fascinating, this pattern of the first day of the first month, kind of signifying new beginnings from salvation being saved to now this new lifestyle of following after God and worshiping God and and uh, a new life, a new beginning with him. Because God is in the business of bringing about new beginnings, of not only saving us from sin, from death, from darkness, but like Noah, like Israel, God saves us not just from sin and death, but for life with him, for his purposes, for becoming more like him. One of the most encouraging passages in the Bible is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and it declares this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I love that promise, that hopeful vision of what our life looks like when we are with Christ, with Jesus. So God gives a new beginning thanks to Jesus. So imagine now being the people of Israel, seeing that the tabernacle is finally being assembled. Uh, in the midst of their salvation, they had complained. They had rebelled. rebelled. They had been unfaithful. They were, you know, they were uh, close to God, not going with them. God threatened to not go with them, or even worse, destroying them. And yet here they are, even with all that failure, even with all that... Uh, that hanging over their heads. Here they are preparing to meet with God in the tabernacle, to begin a new life with him, to worship him, to be present with him. God is a God of new beginnings. Even with all our failures, our brokenness, our self-righteous pride, our rebellion, God invites us to new life with him in Jesus. God is in the business of changing lives and bringing about new beginnings. And he invites us to salvation and freedom from sin and death. But he also invites us to salvation and freedom for new life. Noah and the people of Israel had been saved by God, and now they were invited to worship and follow God, to have a new beginning. Do you need to be reminded that God offers you a new beginning in Jesus Christ? Have you said yes to him? Have you said yes to his plans and purposes for your life? And where do you need a first day of the first year for you? Where do you need a new beginning? I encourage you to say it out loud, to admit it to honestly bring it out, to share with God your feelings, your concerns, your frustrations, your hopes, your desires for new life. And maybe it's just even saying to God, God, I need a new beginning. And I don't even know if I can trust myself to describe what that's supposed to be. So I'm just going to ask you to bring that new beginning that you want for me and through me. And then maybe it's after sharing these things, honestly, with God, looking for the next thing God has for you to do, and like Moses and like Noah, choosing to go his way. And so what is God saying to you today? And what will be your response? Let's pray together. And before I do, let me read Colossians chapter 2, 
verse 6 and 7. It's kind of a pre-prayer. It says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, as your King, you must continue to follow him. Let's pray. God, help us to not only say yes to you for salvation. First of all, thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for offering us forgiveness and new life with you. And so help us to not just stop there. Help us to say yes, yes to your uh, salvation. But also, God, help us to say yes to your purposes that you want to do in and through our lives. God, may the same spirit and the same power that saved us now lead us and change us and bring a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.